When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hi, I'm Mike Cadlick, joined by 98.5 The Sports Talk's Alex Barth. We're here to preview the Patriots game uh, coming up on Christmas. Jeez, it's all blended together <laughs> this holiday season, Alex. It really is. New Year's is. Day. New Year's I know, they played so many holiday games, they, they all seem like they're similar. Um, New Year's Day, Patriots welcome the Miami Dolphins in. Uh, Must-win game. Patriots somehow still control their own destiny, so we're here to preview that one. Uh, I do want to start with some Patriots news first. Uh, before we get into, you know, the game plan side of the show. Uh, there's a lot of rumors circulating about the Patriots potentially bringing Bill O'Brien in next season as their offensive coordinator. Uh, he spoke at Sugar Bowl Media Day yesterday, uh, and someone asked him about it, and he basically said that he has not spoken to anyone with the Patriots since April and that he is focused on coaching this team up in the Sugar Bowl. Obviously, that's the, uh, that's the coach speak where he's not going to spe- speak on anything and just say that, you know, he... Like he said, he is focused on this game. But I thought it was interesting that he hasn't talked to anyone since April here. So I don't know if it's a rumor coming from upstairs at one Patriot place. If it was just speculation, maybe some informed speculation. Bill O'Brien just lying and saying he actually or he actually could have been speaking to people. But what do you make of it? Do you think do you think there's anything to it? I buy it. I buy that he hasn't talked to anybody since April. I, I do believe that. I think the way the Patriots operate when they're in the season, they're in the season. Bill Belichick's not the kind of guy who in week 15 is going to say, all right, I need a new offensive coordinator for next year. Let me get started on that. He's he's going to play the season out. So, and, right. and I think O'Brien's the same kind of guy to Alabama. I don't think he's the kind of guy that would call up Bill Belichick and say, hey, my contract's up at the end of the year. If you're looking, like I'm around. So I do buy all of that. I do still think that, when the time does come, there will be communication between the two. That wouldn't surprise me. The one thing I'll say is I just, the narrative is very much becoming Bill O'Brien or another year of Matt Patricia. And I don't think talking about this for the last three days down at Patriots. I don't think it needs to be that. I don't think it should be that. I think that they could maybe do better than Bill O'Brien. I mean, we don't know. We don't know who's going to be available, but None of Bill O'Brien's offenses in Houston ever ranked 10th or higher. You know, none of them ranked in the top 10 in the league. Alabama has not been typical Alabama this year, was not typical Alabama this year. There's a reason they're not in the playoff. And I would, you know, a lot of the times watching them felt like watching the Patriots in terms of some of the disorganization. Now, they were great the year before when O'Brien was still there. So I'm not saying that's a Bill O'Brien issue, but I'm just saying I think there's this idea that it's just plug and place. Matt Patricia, uh, Bill O'Brien from Matt Patricia, and everything's just going to be fixed, right? It's not that simple. Right. I don't know that O'Brien's the perfect candidate. 
And I don't know that he's going to be the only option in, you know, besides sticking with Matt Patricia. So bringing him in would be a good move. This isn't to say they shouldn't do it, but I'm just interested to see what other names emerge. Like, I think we all know O'Brien's going to be an option. I'm interested to see what other names emerge as we get a little deeper into the process. Well, one of the names that I keep, you know, going back to is now, and I kind of can't get my mind off it, is Cliff Kingsbury. Because the report came out, too, on ESPN. ESPN Plus had an article. I forget who wrote it. But basically that the relationship between Kingsbury and the Cardinals is shattered and that there's a chance that he could resign out of Arizona. And that's a guy who, I mean, I've been been in love with the fact that they bring Bill O'Brien in last year and they didn't do it. And maybe they bring him in this year and they didn't, or there's, you know, there's ongoing questions that they may or may not do it. But I think at this point, I might rather a guy like Cliff Kingsbury come in and just overhaul this offense with some new age stuff. And Bill O'Brien, there seems to be a floor with his offense. Like he'll come in here and he'll, they called him the teapot when he was here before. And, you know, he's going to get on guys and he's going to, he's going to blow up if he has to, and he'll get things in line. But, right. you know, Kingsbury could bring that – That there's a there's a higher ceiling with him, I feel like, as the, as the play caller here too. I think the other thing is, and this is going to surprise some people just given how much I've defended Mac, a big part of the draw of hiring O'Brien is his relationship with Mac Jones and him being able to right. bring some of those Alabama concepts. And if Mac Jones turns out not to be the guy, which is very possible, you know, that could happen. Well, Bill O'Brien doesn't really – you know, his value, the draw of him in that position decreases significantly. I think Mac could, I think Cliff Kingsbury would also be very good for Mac. It might take a little longer for them to figure it out, but yeah. nothing major. And then if Mac turns out not, if he can't fix Mac, if Mac turns out not to be the guy, you know, Kingsbury's still a guy who's going to bring a lot to the table. So, right. yeah, I, I, I don't think it should come down to just Bill O'Brien. I would take him. I think he'd be, you know, he'd be a good hire. But can they make a, great, be a great upgrade? He'd be a great upgrade. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's that's that on the bill. More? Right. That's that on the Bill O'Brien front. Said that he hasn't spoken to the team since April, but uh, there's definitely some rumblings remaining in the air with that. Uh, the other thing was just uh, a little media thing that happened the other day down at Gillette Stadium. Uh, myself, Alex, a bunch of the other guys on the beat voted, and we voted Jacoby Myers, the Rob Hobson Good Guy of 2022, which is basically an award that. Uh, the media gives to one player every year who fulfills their media duties to the fullest is always there. And I thought Andrew Callahan, who kind of ran the whole thing from the Herald, put it best how Jacoby was always one of the guys that will always give you an extra five minutes this year. Uh, he's always there to answer questions. He doesn't he doesn't cut short uh, win or loss. He was always there to, you know, take the blame. And he pumped up Mac Jones like crazy during you know his time where he was having a rough go of it. So I thought he was deserving of of the good guy award this year. My first time voting for it, but yeah, Jacoby, I think he's been awesome this year. And it would be a shame to see him go if he ends up leaving in free agency because free agency because he's just a good guy. <laughs> I mean, it's true. He's just a good dude. Yeah, you know, it's it, it's funny. What's crazy is, and Andrew shared this on Twitter. Um, we voted for that award before the game in Vegas. Yeah. Right. I, I I think, yeah, because we voted before the team went out West for sure. Yep. And that, you know, that game proved to be exactly why he won it because he, he made that play and look, it was a dumb play. It was a stupid play. He shouldn't have made it. He's right. going to be a part of, you know, his career forever, but he stood up there at his locker and answered every single question like earnestly. So that's kind of the point of the award. And yeah, like you said, I mean, he, it sucks the way it's probably going to end here for him in New England. Like maybe he comes yep. back, but 
We'll see. The way it, it looks like it's going to end for him in New England is very unfortunate. But he's he's been a consummate pro since day one. So I'm glad that yeah. that, that got recognized a little bit. Because I can't imagine it's been an easy couple of weeks for him. And I'm not saying that Hell no. winning a media award is going to turn it around, right? <laughs> like, right. <laughs> just to let him know, like, hey, man, like, you know. You're, you're, doing, you're, you're doing all the right things, right? Yeah. You're doing all the right things, yeah. Right. Um, so, yeah, that happened. But let's get into it. Uh, Pats versus Dolphins. Uh, we'll segue from Jacoby into the offense versus the defense. Um, I mean, on both sides of the ball, really, but this is just an injury-filled game. Um, I think that you look at guys on the on the Miami um, defense that are on the injury report today, guys like uh, Bradley Chubb, Zayvon Howard, Jalen Phillips. I mean, they're banged up just as much as the Patriots are banged up on defense, and we'll get to that in a minute. Um, but the Patriots' offense last week, they showed kind of a little bit of life at the, at the end of the game. It's something we haven't seen in a while um, versus the Bengals. Seemed like they kind of got Kendrick Bourne out of the doghouse. Uh, he has a go. career day, six catches, 100 yards. My question to you, and I think what we should talk about and should be the center of attention, is did Matt Patricia bury the hatchet? And was that just like a a last-second, like, I, I don't even know what the saying is, where they just say, F it, let's, we got we to gotta put him in and play him. Yeah. Do they get him more involved again this week because they saw what it was, or do they do they bury him once again? Man, isn't that kind of what this whole season's been? Questions like yeah. that, right? Like, like that's not to, what we should be talking about right now, but it it's, is. It's not. I'd love to sit here and say, yeah, you know, he broke out last week and he proved that he belongs on this team and and he they're, they're going to get him going and he's going to be so good that they're going to win out, and you know, right? It'd be great. But we've seen him flash before this year. Hell, he caught that 40-yarder in Miami in week yep. one. Nearly saved their bacon in that game. We've been and talking about this like doghouse since September. It's, next it's three infuriating. Weeks. So I'd like to sit here and say, yeah, he, he's going to play next week and they're going to attack the intermediate part of the field, him and Mac, and it's going to look like he did in 2021. They're going to move the ball. I'd love to sit here and say that. But, man, after 15, 16 weeks, aren't we just banging our head against the wall at that yeah. point? Mm-hmm. Like, they clearly have a problem with this guy. I'm not saying it's justified. It's not. Right. I can't like unless there's something really deep down that we don't know about, in which case at that point, cut him. Right. Right. At that point, you don't put him in the game at the end of last week because they had their chances to trade him. Right. Going back to the offseason, going back to to camp, going back to the deadline. So, I again, I, I want to say that they're going to put him in the game because he is a playmaker. He is explosive. He is everything that this offense has not been all season. But Mike, I come on. We both know what's going to happen. We're going to be sitting here Monday or Tuesday night talking about how after that big performance, he played five snaps. Like that, that can't happen. happen. That can't happen. And I don't know if it will because, again, going back to the injuries, the Patriots. Uh, I mean, Devontae Park is out with concussion. Tyquan Thornton's limited with a knee. I just, I don't. Thornton was that I, same thing as last week. Same thing. But as I last want week. them. So here's the thing. I want them to get Thornton incorporated, but I don't yeah. want it to be at at the uh whatever like they, yeah yeah thank you i don't want i don't want it to be at the expense of playing kendrick Bourne. like that's not how this should work they're still in it right now no but mike playing don't the, you understand kendrick Bourne did something in the summer that was so inexcusable his entire season has to be wiped out it's crazy alex and it's something that it's one of the many 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 reasons why matt patricia has to go is the fact that this yeah. is something that's being held over his head 
Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting this season. Everything from NFL and bowl season to esports, you'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. For the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite leagues and events, head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure you use promo code CLNS50 to receive your rewards. Bet Online, where the game starts. Um. In a time where the last two weeks, I mean, again, we talk about it, but the last two weeks, they needed wins to keep their playoff hopes alive. They didn't get them, but they're still in this position where they have two games to go. They control, they do control their own destiny. I've used the term malpractice, malpractice so many times this year. That's true coaching malpractice if they continue to not play Kendrick Bourne on Sunday. I go back to the post-game press conference after the game against the Bengals when Bill was asked, no why isn't Kendrick Bourne playing more this year? And he said, no particular reason. Bill Belichick said that. Do you trust him? That, oh, I, I mean, I do. don't, I, I, no, I think there is a reason. I do yeah. think there is a reason. Like, they're not just going to do something because YOLO, F it, let's not play the guy, right? <laughs> YOLO, baby. But yeah, that's how old I am. <laughs> but I, at the same time, the reason clearly isn't a good, he can't even fabricate a good reason. Right. He knows there's no good reason for it. I'm sure there's a reason that he won't tell us. But he could have easily said, we're doing what's best for the team. We do we do what's best for the team. So he says that all the time. That would it, it, I'm not saying that that excuse, would have excused it, but right. all right. Because my thing is, when, when we get fed lines like that, my reaction is, all right, if you're going to feed me a line, I'm going to take it at face value and see how it mm-hmm. looks. Why isn't Kendrick Bourne playing more this year? We're doing what's best for the team. Okay, so there's some reason behind closed doors that – not putting Kendrick Bourne on the field helps the team. You've won six Super Bowls. I played two years of Pop Warner and could barely get on the field. Fine. Right. Like, I get it. Okay. I right. don't get it, but sure, there's something. No particular reason. What yeah, is that? Like what? that? So, okay. That's so, crazy. So, you're just not playing him to not play him, even though every time he steps on the field, he makes a play? Right. And there's what? always a reason. He always has a reason. Right. And it's, there's it, always a reason. And he, when he yeah. doesn't, it, it's, we're going to do what's best for the team. Right. Or we right. did what we thought gave, gave us the best chance to win. And and, and, and this is to, to take it a level deeper. He says that all the time. We're doing what's best for the team. We're doing what gave us the best chance to win. So does that mean benching Bourne is not what's best for the team? Because he didn't answer that way. Right. Is it not what's going to happen? help them win? Because he didn't answer that way. Like that, uh, that one's still under my skin. That answer. Yeah. That was, and that's why to get back to the original point where we started, I don't think Kendrick Bourne's going to play a ton this week because they just sort of seem to be set in this idea that he's not worth putting out there for one reason or the other. Well, that's just a shame. It's ridiculous, and it's why the Patriots are where they're at this year. Um, Patriots offense is banged up. Yannick just didn't practice today with an illness. Uh, Damian Harris did not practice either. Jonu Smith didn't practice. Ramondre Stevenson's limited. Hunter Henry's limited. Looking at their lack of, I guess, firepower going into this week compared with looking at the three levels of the Dolphins' defense. Up front, they have Jalen Phillips, Bradley Chubb, Christian Wilkins. That's a dominant front. Yeah. Landon Roberts, Jerome Baker on the second level. I mean, Roberts leads them in tackles. I don't, I don't consider a Landon Roberts, you know, anything more than uh, 
special teamer that kind of f- fell into a starting role in Miami and is making the most no, out he's, of it. He's a good run stopper. He's a good early down linebacker. I, I, I think that's shortchanging him a little bit. Okay, fair. But then they also have guys on the back end in Javon Holland and Zayvon Howard. So this is a pretty yeah. good Dolphins defense for a team that's lost four straight. I don't think it's really the defense's fault. I was watching some film and I was looking at actually a breakdown that Taylor Kyles did. They do let up a lot of long runs. They, they'll let guys gash them every once in a while for like a, you know, a 40 yard run. So if Stevenson's healthy again, it's too, it's tough because Stevenson's going to be healthy and then Harris isn't going to play, but they're not going to play the young guys and they're just going to kill Ramondre. We asked him about it today when we were down at Gillette and he all season long, when, when asked about his health and being a, the bell cow that he's become this year, Ramondre yeah. said, I'm feeling good. I'm good. I'm ready to roll. I'm taking good care of my body today. He finally said it. Look, I'm banged up. I'm hurt. Well, he, he actually, so he said it after the game Saturday night. Oh, that's right too. too. Yep. But yeah, no. So he's starting to acknowledge it. Yeah. And he's starting to acknowledge the, you know, the, the wear and tear on his body in this offense. He's ninth in the league in touches, man. Like he's yeah. up there. He, he has had a tremendous workload and this is what I talked about back in October. You can go back in October. You can go pull the tape in the modern NFL. You cannot have a 300 touch player. You nope. just can't. The days of, you know, even LaDainian Tomlinson and Adrian Peterson, those probably the last two true bell cow backs who could play a full season. Even the guys now, Derrick Henry tends to fade at the end of the year. Look, he's out tonight. I, I believe he's out tonight. I know he was dead. Yeah, they, I, just, I just saw it. He's inactive. Did they officially confirm it? All right. So yeah. Derrick Henry's out tonight. Key game for his team. Key game. He's out. Ezekiel Elliott fades every year. And look, he's a great player, tremendously talented player. Right. But he's not quite the same in December as he is in in, in September and October. I, I there really aren't that many examples because teams have kind of realized this and gone away from that guy. Even Christian McCaffrey, who's not your traditional between the tackles back, a guy that generally fades later in the year or gets hurt. Somebody's got to lead the league in touches, obviously, right? right. So the the ninth in the league isn't to say, oh, you know that rank should be lower, but he's probably going to touches. Yeah, I right. think he's at. I want to say he's at 256 right now. So it's not unrealistic to think he'll end up being a 300-touch player. No. Which the Patriots haven't had in a long time. A long... I don't know if that's ever happened under Belichick. It actually might not have. So, I mean, this is this is the bed they made. They got to lay in it. When Damian Harris was healthy, they had chances to play him. They didn't. They've had these two rookies all year. They didn't play him. Even J.J. Taylor you know, was on the practice squad, was in the building, didn't play. Right. And, and now... You've got must-win games, so maybe you don't want to put rookies in there against these veteran defenses, which I get. And Harris is banged up, missed practice today, so he's not an option. So now you have no other choice. And he's start like he's starting to look gassed. He's starting to look the part. That, right, that, you can't rely that, on it like you did earlier in the season. Right. So you know, I go back. I think the game I gave you as an example earlier in the year was like the Lions game, right? Did they need Ramondre to touch the ball right. in that game as many times as he did when they had Damian Harris, Pierre Strong against that terrible run defense? No, probably not. You wanted to save it for a divisional game late in the right. season. Is this not the exact? I said, what happens when you get yeah. late in the year against Miami and Buffalo and you need him to have a big game? I think that's exactly what I said. Yeah. There is. we are. Yep. It's tough. Um, so can they get after this defense as banged up as they are? I mean, I look at their secondary, right? And they're very top heavy. Like Zayvon Howard's really good. Javon Holland's really yeah. good, but then well, Zayvon Howard's on the injury report as well. He got yeah, out of today with a knee injury. So he was limited with a knee. I still feel like he'll end up playing, but 
Right, he's banged up. But, I mean, again, they're very top-heavy because, I mean, the other guys in that room are like, I mean, Keon Crossan, they got a lot of former Patriots. Keon Crossan's there. He's played yeah. okay. But, I mean, Noah, Ig- I call him Igbo, the kid from Auburn a couple years ago, late yeah. late first-round pick. He's he's kind of trash. I don't, I don't see him being a problem necessarily, but where do they go against this defense? I mean, I think you got to attack the intermediate part of the field. Yeah. That's where they've been at their best. And who's your best intermediate receiver? It's Kendrick Bourne. Uh-huh. Here we you go. Know, so that's it. And Jacoby Myers is in there as well. So so I think he's a guy that you'll feed a lot in this game. But I, uh, they, they got to attack the intermediate field, which is the one thing they haven't done this year, right? The first three, four weeks of the season, it was all deep. Since then, it's been all right at the line yep. of scrimmage. They have been very hesitant in the intermediate part of the field. I talked about this today with Evan Lazar on the catch 22 podcast, which by the way, now is on YouTube on yep. Patriots YouTube channel. You can check that out, but you talk about Elaine Roberts, right? A guy who, again, I think is a good run defender. If you attack him in coverage, you're going to win those matchups. You attack him with the tight end and who knows who they'll have at tight end. I know. You attack him with the tight end. You, you try to get Ramondre isolated on him. You're going to win those matchups, but you've got to be willing to go to that part of the field, which they really haven't done a lot this year. Moving on to, I guess, the Dolphins pass rush. Chubb, Jalen Phillips has been unbelievable this season. I, that kid's a stud pass rusher for the Dolphins. Um, mixed with the Patriots being banged up. Do they have time? You know, Kajust is sick. I mean, they're banged yeah. up and they're just, they're not that great. Do they have enough time to protect Mac to hit that intermediate part of the field? I mean, I know it can still be quick hitters, right? But it, it, how? I guess, how do they, do you think they're going to have success against this front? Look, the line's been better the last couple yeah. of weeks. So between that, Bradley Chubb's banged up. Again, if you get born out there, he runs his routes quicker. Right. Maybe. Like, I, I think it's possible. I feel a lot better about the line now than I did three weeks ago. So I'm not going to sit here and tell you they're going to be perfect because the way this season is gone, I wouldn't be surprised if they just fall apart, you know, right. in this game. But I... uh I, I I I feel a little better about the offensive line than I have in a few weeks. I see in the chat more screen passes. Uh, one thing they're not going to be able to do is run their Marcus Jones package this week because he is out with a concussion. Um, or at least he hasn't practiced for two days with a concussion. I don't see him playing this week at all. Um, so they did use that package a few times with Marcus Jones, get him the ball in space, you know, the, the orbit motions, the they built off it with runs on the backside, et cetera. But, Maybe, just maybe, and call me crazy, Alex, and I, me- I mentioned this a few weeks ago when they did it, run that package with Tyquan Thornton. He's the fastest guy in the field. Yeah. Put that guy in motion. Put him in the RPO package. I don't know if they'll do it, but that sounds like a damn good idea, don't you think? Well, it's been a good idea since July. Since they, yeah. It's been a good idea since they drafted him in April. <laughs> right. Again, if you're looking, this has been what's so mind-blowing about it, and obviously it's great that Marcus Jones has found this role, totally. and it's you know good for him, and it's a ton of fun to watch, and it's obviously effective, but... Man, if you're trying to inject speed into the offense, how about the receiver that ran the fastest 40 at the combine this year? One of the fastest in the history of the event. And yep. he doesn't, I get he doesn't quite have the same change of direction that Marcus Jones has, but I don't know. I just think you get a guy that fast running in a straight line, something good's going to happen, right? So, yeah. Here we go. You know, play Kendrick Bourne, get Tyquan Thornton the ball in space. Like these, why don't we're we broken just records at this point? <laughs> we're broken records at this point yeah. in terms of, you know, we're saying the same things for a week 17 game. We were saying about a week two game that we wanted to see them do. So, you know, what else is, you know, go back to the old offense. Don't run outside zone as much. It's, 
it's kind well, of where we're at at this point. The thing is, we, we've said it, right? And it's one thing to, you know, talk about something at the beginning of the season, speculate on it, and then they don't do it, but the other thing they do works, and then, okay, right. it's fine. We said it, but it worked. But it hasn't worked. It's been them running themselves into a wall every single week. So we continue to bring it up because they haven't built on anything, and they haven't changed. And, again, I guess last week I do give them – I know you don't like to, you know, give them credit for things when it's basically their last straw, but they finally gave Bourne a chance and they succeeded. So if they build on that this week and use it to get themselves to the playoffs, I mean, that's something, but so, but it's, that's still, I, it's crazy. Why has it taken this long? And that I said after the Cardinals game, remember I said, I'll only give them credit if they go back to it when they have options and they didn't right. go back to it. They didn't. So I'll say the same thing about Kendrick Bourne. Well, I don't even give him credit now because it's too little, too late. I know. Right? If, I know. if Kendrick Bourne had played all year, I'm not saying they're division champs, but is it enough to flip one game? Because you flip just one game at this point, and right. they're in the driver's seat for a playoff spot right now. You don't. You probably don't need to win at Buffalo. To, you really don't need to win at Buffalo to get in. It's crazy. But let me see them go back to it because not only has most of what they've run not work, the few times they've run things that have worked, they abandon it pretty quickly. Yeah. So, yeah, I, if they put Kendrick Bourne out there, great. It's too little, too late, but great. They finally realized something that works is worth repeating. I just, again, every time they've been in that situation this year, they've gone away with it. It's frustrating. Uh, before we continue on in the offense, I do want to talk about our friends at LinkedIn. Um, these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. We use LinkedIn Jobs here at CLNS Media, and we can't recommend it enough. It's super easy to post your job, then add your listing in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. We are about two days to the end of December, Alex. So now is the right time, the perfect time to add the right team member to end your year strong and start 2023 with a bang. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering high quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash beat. That's linkedin.com slash beat to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. The last thing I just want to say on the offense, and I'm sure we talked about this on Tuesday as well, but... I've seen it in the chat. I've seen it on Twitter, and it's the the zappy thing and the the quarterback. The end of that. I mean, Mac Jones played fine against the Bengals. Uh, there's no reason to turn to zappy. There's no reason to give him this offense, this lackluster offense that has no answers. It's not going to give you anything going into 2023. All it's going to do is deflate your want the franchise quarterback who you want to have around here for some time. And I, we talked about it today with Evan. I mean, Mac played well against the Bengals. He, especially yeah. in that second half, he made some whole shots to Bourne. He didn't make he didn't make any mistakes. I don't think. I think he made one mistake on the interception that got called back. I can't remember if I was the first or the second half, but I mean, he played well for the situation he was put in. And whether you like it or not, he was the quarterback that led them to eighteen straight or eighteen straight points in the game. I know six of it was a pick six, but he was in charge when they came back. So I I, I can't stand the zappy talk, and I don't think I'll ever get over it. Yeah, and it's nothing against Bailey Zappi. Mac Jones right. offers I'm, more ceiling. Was awesome. You saw yeah. it there at the end of that game. You know, he's he did have the panicky moment with the fumble. Needs to cut that out. Like that wasn't yeah. the whole emo and the motions taking over in the cut block. Like that 
Uh, yeah. 100%. That's the most talked about thing that probably should be. But as a passer, he looked good. I mean, the throw to Bourne up the seam, I hear people say, you know, there's two big knocks I hear on Mac Jones. One, people say he only throws in a double and triple coverage, which isn't true, but whatever. And two, that he doesn't <laughs> throw guys open, which isn't true, but whatever. But, you know, the throw to Bourne up the seam where he back shoulders it. Yep. That's a high, high level throw and a high level catch too. Like both of them. They, they made that, and it's not a fluke. They made that play last year against the Browns for a touchdown. I, you can't, you can't complain that he doesn't throw guys open and that he, he only throws into coverage or that he throws too much into coverage because if a guy's not covered, you can't throw him open. He's open. You can throw him closed, but you can't. So (laughs) throw him into coverage. Which one is it? Which one? Like, like I, this is my thing with Mac now. This is because I am, these people are lunatics. They don't, under, and it, it, it really sucks because. You're lunatics, all of you. The way that this season has gone, and it's kind of unprecedented. Like sometimes you watch a team on TV and you just know, hey, they're not fast enough. Hey, they're not this. Hey, they're not that, right? Right. With the Patriots, it goes a little deeper. If you just watch it at first glance, I understand why so many people think it's the quarterback. But, and it sucks because the only way to properly explain it is you have to be a little pretentious. And I hate doing this, but unless you watch the game at the level that people like us watch the game, you can't see what's wrong with the offense. Because first of all, all the stuff, a lot of the stuff that's wrong is taking place off of the TV copy, like right. further down the field, right? Or just in, in, in such, you need to be able to sync the whole thing up and see the big picture. Right. You need to watch it multiple times. You need to watch different angles. So here's what I'm going to say. If you have a critique on Mac Jones, you need to, you need to be able to back it up. He throws in a double coverage too much. When, when give me the percentage, right. give me the percentage on tight window throws. And then give me the percentage that he completes it. Cause he's completing tight window throws at a high level this year compared to the rest of the league. Well, he doesn't throw guys open. Okay. But when he does throw guys open, you complain about him throwing in a coverage. Cut back, bench Mac. Okay, fine. If you're going to say that, you need to give me the who they're going to. Because I don't know that Mac Jones is an NFL quarterback. I don't know that he's not. He took his team to the playoffs as a rookie, which is a much harder feat than people realize. And then this year was basically a throwaway because he was in an unprecedentedly bad coaching situation. Yep. So... You don't move on from a guy who could be the guy. You just don't do that. There's a great tweet last night. I don't remember who, somebody at The Athletic who said, it sucks we live in this world where every quarterback is either elite or terrible. Yep. And it's so true. Because you can get there with a good quarterback. You get there. So if you're going to tell me, well, Mac's not the guy, move on. For who? Bailey Zappi? How do you look against the Bears? The only good right. defense he faced. The only, de- even against the Lions, he only led one touchdown drive. Right? He looked good against the Browns. It's a 31st-ranked defense in the league. All right, well, how about we move on for Derek Carr? Why? Oh, God. What are your big complaints about Mac? He's too panicky in the pocket. He doesn't go through his reads. He throws in a coverage. That's Derek Carr. Yep. But he costs more and is older. So, all right, you want to move on for for Mac for Derek Carr? No. No, you don't. I'm telling you right now, you don't. We'll be back here next year having the exact same conversation. Right? Oh, for Jimmy Garoppolo. He can't stay on Jimmy, the field. Jimmy, let's do Jimmy. Come on. No, do Jimmy. He can't stay on the field, <laughs> and he's getting showed up by Brock Purdy. Yep. Let's move on. Showed up, is, showed up is strong, but continue. 
I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Let's move on for Mac for Brock Purdy. Well, Niners aren't letting that guy go because he can actually play. And he costs $28 million less than the other option. The point being, you got to come to me with an actual, if we're going to have this conversation, I'm done having this conversation with not football people. You have to have football reasons to back up your argument because it's getting out of control. He's good. He's fine. The jury's not out on him yet is the point. Right. That's it. Look, if they fix everything, if they get a real OC and they go get a number one wide receiver and the offensive line's fixed and he still sucks next year, well, then we're moving 100%. on. Then yes. then we can start talking about Caleb Williams and, and Quinn Ewers Ooh. and whoever, right? Fine. But I think he's shown you too much to cut bait after two years. And by the way, there really aren't a ton of good quarterback options available this offseason. This is a really bad year for quarterbacks in the draft. And the top quarterbacks available in free agency or through trade are basically going to be, again, Derek Carr. We went over why that one doesn't work. Jimmy Garoppolo, we went over why he doesn't work. I don't know. Do you want to go to Carson Wentz? How's that working in Washington? All right, Brady, Brady. I've I've given my piece on Brady. I would take, (laughs) yes, if you can get Brady, go to Brady. But if it's not him, are you going to Matt Ryan? We going to Carson Wentz? No. Then you just end up like the Indian. Are we going to Ryan Tannehill? Right. Like none of these are better options. If they could draft Caleb Williams, it would be another conversation. They can't. Sure. Not right, right. now. No better options. I'm Put Mac in a situation that works, like he was in in 2021 when he made the playoffs, and give him one more shot at it. I'm with you. Give him a chance. That is, Again. That is the football. That is what football logic dictates doing. In it's this not situation. fair. It's not fair to move off of him after this season at all. I don't even it want is. to say that because the NFL is not fair. Okay. Right? But it's. It's short-sighted from an organizational yeah. standpoint. I really don't care what's – I don't want to say I don't care what's fair to but Mac. You or get not, the but you get the point. The team shouldn't. But right. it's short – no, because it's not like – I don't want to frame it as they're doing Mac a disservice for moving on from him too early. They already did Mac a disservice. Yeah, I guess. They're doing themselves a disservice if they move on from Mac sure. too early. It's too early. Uh, let's talk about the – And boy, and I thought I got called a Mac Jones apologist before. Wait until they hear that. I right. know. I can't wait to – can't wait. But to am I wrong? About it. No, I you're wrong? not wrong. I'm, I'm with you. Right. I've said it all along. This thing isn't Mac's fault. It, the, the, yeah. the garbage can around him this season is so laughable. It's like it would – any other coaching staff, it would have cleaned house in the NFL this season. Well, it would have been like – it would have been like the Daniel Exactly. Yeah, it is a perfect example because look, right. Russ certainly took a step back skill wise. Like he has yes. regressed. The difference he's thirty. Some of that, like over thirty, some of that's reasonable. But they're off. But the situation around him, either. the situation around him didn't help either. That's part of no, the reason. No, the way he that took thing's a step designed. Back. Look, I think it was better exactly. designed than the Patriots, but not by much. So sure. it does have, and he got one. He got less than a year. Exactly. So, so if it was anywhere else in the NFL, the the place would have crumbled around him, and they probably would have been out the door uh, by yeah. Thanksgiving. Let's talk about. Uh, Dolphins offense versus the Patriots defense. This is where the injuries really come into play. And it started earlier this week with Dolphins started to attack of Iloa. He will be out this week with a concussion. So the offense will turn to Teddy Bridgewater. 
they also have two of the most dynamic wide receivers in the NFL in Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle. Two of the fastest guys, two of the best route runners. They get open. They make it super easy for quarterbacks in this type of Shanahan, McDaniel, McVay system to get the ball to their guys in space. There's no easier plug-and-play two receivers in the league to go into than Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill, in my opinion. So I don't think it's I don't think the Patriots should be excited that they have to play a backup this this week in Teddy Bridgewater, and they especially shouldn't be excited with the injuries on their defense because not only or not not only but Jack Jones, Marcus Jones, Jalen Mills all haven't practiced this week. John Jones is banged up. John Jones is the guy they usually defend Tyreek Hill with, and he's done relatively well. But if you can even think you can rely on John Jones just taking Tyreek Hill out of the game, you still have Jalen Waddle playing against who? Tay probably, Hayes. I mean, it, probably it's, Miles it's, Bryant. Which... Exactly. So, like, they have a lot of work to do. Adrian Phillips didn't practice today either. So, it's yeah, let's it's not sleep be t- on what Mike Kosicki can do. Exactly. And th- I, that's, that was going to be my other point. I hate, you know, I hate tight ends. We talk about it on this show. Mike Gesicki's a pretty damn good tight end. Uh, I'm a fan of his and he can make plays, especially with how depleted this past secondary is. I think it's going to be tough sledding. Yeah. I, you know, and th- it's funny because the big thing with all these guys out is will size, right? We talked about this a lot last week. You got 5'10", 5'9", 5'8", 5'8", at corner. That's not really concerned against the Dolphins. Right. Like they're not, you know, outside of Gesicki, but you're going to have safeties on him, but I just don't know, man. The speed's too much. Even if Jonathan Jones can take Tyreek Hill on one side, Miles Bryant's taking his lumps this year. I don't want to like pick on the guy. Right. I, I I think he does do some things well. He's not fast. Like he's not a speed matchup. We saw it last year on Isaiah McKenzie. Jalen Waddle's at least as fast as my Isaiah McKenzie. He's probably faster. He's got to be faster. That's a tough matchup. So, all right, you need over the help over the top there. You still want to give help over the top on Hill. Plus, you're going to have to dedicate a safety to Gasicki. <sighs> and you're, you're maybe down a safety in Adrian Phillips. Phillips. So, McCourty old. And I love Devin McCourty. I wrote about it this week in my game preview on CLNS. Like, Devin McCourty's been, we, we used it earlier with Jacoby, but consummate pro, guy who's been yeah. here forever. He always says the right things. He was a damn good football player. He's still pretty good, but he's getting to be over the hill, and to have to rely on him in the back of the, in the back of the uh, the backfield against these guys is is not a good thing. Yeah, and so again, now the numbers really start working against you, and <laughs> it's tough, right? It's and tough. then you also got to worry about their rushing attack, which is very good, and Most they got a lot great. of speed speed there as well. So. Man, it's just a t- tough offense to, to to cover in general. When you're down three corners and a safety, or would it be four corner? Jack down, Jack Jalen and Marcus. Marcus you're down three corners. A fourth and John is banged Jones up. Is limited, yeah. Right, down three corners. A fourth is banged up. You're down a safety. That's <laughs> tough, man. That's tough. Like you've got to. So I, I here I go again. Broken record. Pass rush. Pass yeah. rush. And, Right. The way the Dolphins operate their offense, they can render a pass rush irrelevant, regardless of what the offensive line does. They'll get that ball out quick. They'll hit guys right. in stride. They'll use pre-snap motion to slow things down. A ton of play action. This is just, this is a really tough matchup, matchup for the Patriots. And it's not just, the Dolphins are really good, but like specifically what they're good at yeah. really kills the Patriots in this game. So I think somebody said in the chat, a lot of defensive holding this week. Honestly, that's not a terrible strategy. Yeah. 
play. And, and I don't mean like just go out and hold and hold and hold, but come out, play really physical in the secondary, knock them around, make them think about going, not don't injure anybody, but you yeah, play right. physical, you make them think about going over the middle. You see what you can get away with in terms of holding in PI. You really try to test that, that balance. And you hope you maybe catch a couple breaks and maybe there's a turnover in there or something. Um, I think, and again, they're, they're small in the secondary, so that doesn't help either. But so I said, Miles Bryant does some things. Well, I know people might be rolling their eyes, but one things that Miles Bryant does really well, he, he can hit, he can tackle, he can hit. He's a physical guy. He lets his presence be known. Uh, John Jones got that stick a little bit, right? Kyle Duggar's obviously a guy we know he can bring, who can bring the lumber. So I test him physically, and if you lose an attract meet, you lose an attract meet. You're, you're not seeding that much ground anyway in that regard, and hope right. Teddy Teddy gets you one or two. Well, that's that's where I we come on this show every week, and we we do the matchup game, right? And we talk about you know who do you who do you put this guy over? Where's the help on T? And you know what's the best way, even if they are, um, I guess lesser of a lesser of a unit. What's the best way you can match up against these guys to give yourself the best chance to win? There's really nothing here. Like, there's no, not easy solution, but it, it, nothing make, nothing will give me confidence heading into this game. That, and that's kind of why I look at it and it's like, it doesn't even matter that two is out because it's going to be so easy for Teddy Bridgewater to hit these guys in space and hit these guys in stride. They're going to make it extra easy for him this week. Tua, I don't know how you feel about him. I was low on him to start the season. He, he ended up being like, you know, in that conversation, like a top five MVP candidate just for the numbers, the sheer numbers he was putting up on their win streak. Yeah. But, I mean, I guess at the end of the second half last week, he was concussed. He threw three straight picks on three possessions. I don't think there's too much of a drop off. I mean, th- th- there is, I suppose, but in this situation, two at a Teddy, I don't see it being any issue for Miami. I don't either honestly i i think that a lot of what their their offense is predicated on yards after the catch right yeah and and just getting guys the ball in space so you know when when people were talking about it and i think i was on the hub when it officially broke that two wasn't going to play and somebody asked me does it make a difference my my this is my initial reaction was is tyree kill still playing yeah jayla waddle still playing yeah it'll, it'll be fine and and maybe there's a little bit of a drop off just because you know, Teddy's rusty. familiarity in the system. Yeah. Yeah, right. yeah. Maybe Teddy's a little rusty. He hasn't played in a few weeks. I do think in terms of the pass rush, it is easier. You're, I don't want to say it's easier to get after a right-handed quarterback. I think it's harder to get after a left-handed quarterback just because everything's reversed and you're maybe not as yeah. used to that. Um, so maybe in that sense, it helps the Patriots. And they've all talked about that this week, the righty versus lefty thing. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't think it's a game changing difference by the way. So I did look this up. Brad Allen's crew is doing the game okay. this week, and they are fifth in the league in total flags. They've thrown the fifth most flags in the league. Now, I want to see if I can find it by penalty, and I can. So give me a second here while this loads, because this is going to be interesting. In terms of defensive holdings, nope, that's, oh, I can only sort that per team. I can't sort referees. Oh, wait, maybe I can. Hang on. So, would you like me to? Would you like me just to stall, stall, stall for a go? second? Stall for a second. Well, I can find no. It. Yeah. The only thing I was going to add to the Teddy Bridgewater thing was that, um, as far as familiarity in the system goes, and kind of being a plug and play system, right? You look at what Shanahan's done on the West Coast, 
and it went from Lance to Jimmy to Bert to Purdy. Yeah. And they're still on the Super Bowl track. And you look at, I mean, I guess it's it's not fair to uh, do it with Stafford to guys like, uh, was it Bryce Hopkins and um, John Wolford? Because, I mean, those guys are just not great quarterbacks in the league. But they got Baker Mayfield in that system on two days' notice. And yeah. he went and won a football game and put up a decent amount, not a decent amount of points, but he, he took the system and he was able to work in it. They make it easy for the signal callers with the McVay, Shanahan, McDaniel system. So that's kind of, again, why I just, I don't see, I don't see it being an issue for them to have to start Teddy. So I, I don't have the, the league numbers, but on average, okay. Brad Allen's crew, just over one defensive holding call per game and the average defensive pass interference every other game. So maybe... Maybe it is something you can get away with. Maybe. Let's see it. I mean, if that's the way they have to do it, that's the way they have to do it, right? That's. Yeah. I, mean, I, I don't know, I think I don't really know how else they do it. Physical and test it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm just looking at the injuries again. I mean, you you talked about pass rushing, getting after Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah. That's, that's the way they're going to have to stop it. I don't know if, I mean, they're going to get the ball out of Teddy's hands like that, but. Yeah. Teron Armstead, four injuries on the injury report. I talked about that with you today, but he is listed. He did not practice today with a toe, a pec, a knee, and a hip injury. And then the their other uh, Eric Fisher uh, also did not practice um, with, I believe it's a calf. Uh, so, like, their offensive line is banged up as it is. When you have, like, the bookends we've talked about in Jude on Anuche, if they can get after it a little bit and maybe, like you said, maybe get Teddy to give them one, but it's going to be difficult because, like you said, they manipulate the pass rush with the way they, you know, they, they call their quick hitter offense. Yeah, pretty much. And Raheem Mostert, it's funny, just talking about this offense, McDaniel poaches Mostert from uh, – San Francisco this offseason, and then they go and get Jeff Wilson Jr. as well. So he has the same two running backs he had when he was calling the the run game with uh, Shanahan out west, and they're just killing it now too. Mostert went for like 135 yards, I think, against Buffalo two weeks ago. Yeah. He's kind of turned into their um, – I, I use the term bell cow too loosely, but he's getting the majority of their carries he's now. Their, he's um, their lead back. Yeah. yeah. I, so and that, he's that's... fast too. He, they have the, Both of them have speed, and this offense is just about – pure speed and it's going to be tough well so it is going to be raining which makes that tough and and i guess we didn't talk about this if the patriots can take away the run early that helps because if you know miami's throwing if 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 you make my miami's going to want to run the ball if you can make them go away from that that helps a little bit and and for those speedsters on wet turf it can be tricky so that's maybe something that now we're really kind of grasping at straws here but if we're looking for advantages for the patriots i'd call that one i mean we're looking up the referees we're looking at the weather report and thinking about slick turf instead of the key matchups that we do every single week on this right. show. And it's because it's just, I don't think it's going to happen for them. They're going to have to, if they want to win this game, they're going to have to outscore this Miami team. And I don't really see that happening. Right. Um, do you have anything else to add on the, the defense? Uh, no, I think that's it. Okay. Um, well then I guess that can sort of, well, before we get into, you know, predictions and putting a wrap on this uh, game, let's talk about our friends over at Rocket Money, Alex. Um, I'm sure that I heard you talking about it today when we were down at Gillette, just how uh, you were talking about trying to sign into a TNT subscription. I don't know if you even knew that you had it. Uh, <laughs> I do but, have it. Their app just doesn't work. 
Okay, so, but you know, there's, especially when you're in this, the streaming days, it's hard to keep track of, you know, all the things, whether you borrow them, whether you pay for them, you never know. But now you can with Rocket Money. Um, you don't know how much your subscriptions really cost. Most Americans think they spend around $80 a month on subscriptions. They actually cost closer to $200. It could be, like I said, TNT, Amazon Prime, Hulu, ESPN Plus. You got Paramount. You got, they're all over the place. It's crazy and it's hard to keep track. They could be draining your bank account. You could be wasting $100 a month. You don't even know it. But I don't do that anymore, Alex. And that's because I use this app that I love. It's called Rocket Money. It used to be known as Truebill. The app shows you all your subscriptions in one place and then cancels whatever you want to cancel just by clicking the big fat cancel button right in the middle. Rocket Money can even find your subscriptions that you didn't know you were paying for. You may even find out you were double charged for a subscription without knowing it. To cancel, like I said, all you have to do is press cancel and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Get rid of those useless subscriptions with Rocket Money now. Go to rocketmoney.com slash patsbeat. Seriously, you can save you hundreds per year. That's rocketmoney.com slash patsbeat. Cancel your unnecessary subscriptions right now at rocketmoney.com slash patsbeat. All right, so is there an answer to winning this game? I'll go first. My take is honestly no. I know they've played two hard-fought games. They've lost them both by one score each, and it seems like they're right there. If they won each of them, they basically would have had it just about locked up right now, I think. But at the end of the day, the Pats' lack of defensive backs this week is just going to bite them. Miami wins. I think it'll be lower scoring. Um, but, again, I think the Patriots are three-point favorites. I think it should be the opposite right now. Miami's lost four straight, but I still I don't think the Patriots have it. Not that they're checked out, because that's the one thing I noticed after or during the Cincinnati game is they fought. And yeah. that's something you can hang your hat on. But the lack of DBs is just going to be too much. And I think Miami's fast offense is just going to be able to outscore the Patriots. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I agree with you. I think that the if they had all their corners, maybe they have a shot. But right. nah, it's it's gonna turn into a track meet. Miami's gonna win that every time. All right. Well, there you have it on the Patriots, Alex. But one thing we do want to do before we get out of here is talk about if the background will go. College football. Let's get into it. College football playoff. The semifinal is this Saturday, New Year's Eve. First game is at 4 p.m. TCU is playing against Michigan. Michigan's a seven and a half point favorite. We got Max Duggan at quarterback, Heisman runner-up versus JJ McCarthy from Michigan, and Jim Harbaugh and his khakis. Um, what do you think of this one? I think Michigan rolls. You think something else? I know because we talked about it today. Why? Yeah. So I mean, I think Michigan's going to ultimately. I think Michigan wins this game, but I okay. TCU's got a shot because Michigan really only wins games one way, and they're really good. It, it, it their one way of winning games. I mean, they run the football incredibly well, but man, you got to put this thing in JJ McCarthy's hands against one of the better secondaries in college football. You Don't know, Trey, uh, uh, Trey Hodges, Tomlinson was the won the award as the best corner in college football this year. Mm-hmm. Max Duggan's a gamer, man. Max Duggan, to use your word, winner, right? He yeah, just he's a winner, baby. Games. <laughs> Like, I, I don't think – like, I think Georgia ha- – as crazy as it sounds, I think Georgia has more margin of error against Ohio State than Michigan does against TCU. They're fighters. They don't go away. If you give them an inch, they're going to take a mile talking about TCU. and Look at the Kansas State game. Right. Like, Michigan has to pull ahead early. Like, TCU I, – I trust Georgia against Ohio State could be close at the half and win that game late, like, relatively easily. 
if Michigan's close at the half, they're going to, they're going to feel the pressure. Yeah. And I think TCU is going to thrive on that. Right. So yeah, I just, I, I'm, I'm not sleeping on TCU. I, again, I ultimately I'm picking Michigan to win, but I would be more surprised by Ohio state beating Georgia than it would by TCU beating Michigan. Interesting. Okay. So seven and a half point spread. You think TCU covers? Yeah. Okay. Because of the half. If it was seven, I don't know. But seven and a half, yeah, I think they're within a time. So they keep it a one possession game. All right. Interesting. Um, I disagree on that. I think Michigan, the way they played Ohio State, I think it's just a different beast, the Big Ten compared to the uh, Big 12. And look, I love Max Duggan. I think he probably should have won the Heisman the way his season ended versus Caleb Williams. I know that's obviously recency bias, but. You know, I like him. He's a gamer. But at the end of the day, I just think Michigan will smell blood. They got to this point last year, and they they failed to get through the semifinal. I think they want to get back there this year. Jim Harbaugh gets back to the natty. So, two things to that. One, can Michigan duplicate that success? Because, yes, they played well against Ohio State. I thought that was their best shot. I think that is as good as this team can play. Sure. Now, can they match that level? Maybe. I don't think they can surpass it. I think that's as good as – and look, there's no shame in that. They played an incredible right. football game, right? But Against one of the best teams in the country. I think they're sure. better than TCU. Uh, Ohio, Ohio State? State? Yeah. They, they probably have more talent at the top of the roster. I don't know that they're top to bottom better. I guess. I, I just – can Michigan do that again? Can Harbaugh pitch a second perfect game, right? They didn't right. look great in the Big Ten champion. Like, if they play how they played against Purdue, TCU is a much better team than Purdue is, right? If they play the way they played against Purdue, TCU is really going to have a shot at this thing. So, it's just they've been inconsistent always under Harbaugh. Always. And they seem to be good for one letdown a year. And they're due. That's basically my thing. Michigan is still All Michigan. Right. They generally get very close until they don't. And I think they're due. I think they're due for a slip up in TCU's the cut. Now there's some teams they could slip up against and be fine. Like Purdue's probably in that category. That game wasn't a total slip up, but it was not their best game. TCU, if they slip up just enough can take advantage. So that's kind of where I'm at, right? Where like, it's totally fair to bring up Michigan, Ohio state. They played a great game, but they have played one game more recently where they did not look as good. Sure. And maybe they knew they were in and maybe they were, you know, looking ahead and whatever, but right. Right. Are they going to look ahead past TCU? You know, we're either getting no, the defending can't. national champs or another shot at Ohio state. It's a lot to look ahead to. You can't I, though. You have to like, I, I get it, but I think Harbaugh's a better coach than to look ahead. I don't, I just, I don't. And we talked about it today. He's had one, he's one had one hell of a calendar year. He's had a one hell of a calendar. Again, he just feels like he's – again, I'm picking Michigan to win. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I feel a lot better about picking Georgia to beat Ohio State than I do about picking Michigan to beat TCU. Well, let's move on to the second game then because I disagree a tad. I, I get okay. it. Let's do it. Georgia versus Ohio State. So let me – hang on. Let me ask you this. It's a gambling yeah. game. So you okay. can bet the spread on one game. You can bet the spread on the other. Can you bet which game will have a larger margin of victory? I'm sure that there is some sort of problem. I'd be interested to see where the money's coming in on that. I really would. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I don't think it's like, it's not like an every weekend bet type thing, so I don't think there's going to be. Sure. It's like a prop bet. Yeah, Yeah, it's like a prop bet. Yeah. Um, But yeah, Georgia now versus Ohio State. 
8 p.m. on New Year's Eve. Georgia's a six-and-a-half-point favorite, so less than a touchdown. Stetson Bennett versus C.J. Stroud, two Heisman finalists. Um, oh. I, I think, hey, don't 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 look at me. I look know. at the voters. I, yeah. Uh, Stetson Bennett. Um, sorry, not Stetson Bennett, but I think this game is closer than the spread indicates. I think this could be a three-point game. I think C.J. Stroud is out there to prove something this weekend. I think that there's been a lot of, you know, questioning of his ability to win the big game and, you know, be a high draft pick and lead a team. I read a story on ESPN today about a lot of the negativity he gets. And I just think that they're going to go out and try and score. And is Jackson Smith and Jigman's not playing, correct? He's not. If he was playing, I might feel differently. Yeah, but they still have Marvin Harrison Jr., who you love, I know. He's the best wide receiver in college football. I think that they keep this game close. I think as good as Georgia's defense is, I think Georgia's offense also as good as Stetson Bennett's been this year. I think they can be exposed a little bit, and if it if it turns into a shootout, I think I trust C.J. Stroud in their offense over Stetson Bennett and Georgia's. So, again, I think Georgia probably wins, but I think it's going to be a close game. I just maybe, – maybe I'm simplifying it too much. The Big Ten okay. never, never beat the SEC. It never happens. And – I'm trying to find this one stat here because I'm curious. Like, I, 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 they haven't seen anything like Brock Bowers. They haven't seen anybody like Darnell Washington. They haven't seen anybody, you know, like some of these skill position players around Stetson Bennett. And that's just on the offensive side of the ball, right? That's before yep. we get to the defense and the, the, the first round picks on first round picks on first round picks. It is going to be really interesting to see Keely Ringo against Marvin Harrison Jr. Those are two top yeah. 10 picks and, and, Right. Junior won't be till next year, right? Yeah. Or two years, whatever it is. But yeah, he's young. You know, Keely Ringo is a lot better than any corner Marvin Harrison has faced this year, right? That's a real SEC. It's an NFL corner in Keely Ringo. So I haven't been totally sold on CJ Stroud this year. I think he's underperformed expectations. I, you know, They've missed Travion Henderson. He's kind of inconsistently yeah. been in the lineup. We'll see how much he can give them. I think they're at their best when he's running the ball, you know, a lot. As good as Marvin Harrison is, I think using the run to set up the pass is is, is something Ohio State's very good with. So I just, you know what? It comes down to Georgia just being that good. I think Georgia wins the whole thing. I think Georgia, I think Georgia is the best team in college football. Yeah. I don't think teams two, three, or four are even in the playoff. So, like, ultimately, I'm, and I'm not saying the committee got it wrong. You got to go by the schedule. Yeah, right. But if we're just going by who, you know, if we had the NCAA video game, who would have the highest rating? Georgia would be number one. Georgia, but. And the next closest playoff team, probably Michigan at like five or six. I just think the gap's that big. So, and by the I'm way, because people are, people are wondering, in no particular order, assuming full health, Alabama, Tennessee, USC. Would be okay. would be those those like if it was just the four best team now. Yeah, Tennessee doesn't have Hendon Hooker. That cha- obviously that changes things. And but you're talking I, if if they did have Hooker, right? If they did have Hendon Hooker, right? And and look, Georgia's played them, and Georgia beat them right. pretty handily. Right? I, is Ohio State better than Tennessee? I don't think so. They're you know maybe they're even at best. But I I love that Tennessee team, man. That team can play. I wish we got to see him in the playoffs. So yeah, you've I just think Georgia's just so far ahead of these other three teams that. Uh, they're they're just gonna roll again. They're gonna go back to back. Kills me to you. say that, but I I think it's inevitable. 
I think so too. I think it's going to be Georgia, Michigan, and it's Georgia. just do they beat right? Do they beat Michigan by seventeen, or they do they beat TCU by thirty in the championship? Like that to me is what it comes down to. I just don't see TCU getting by Michigan, but we'll see what happens. That'll be Saturday. Uh, we'll be back next week to talk about how those games went, and also to preview the final. Um, but lastly, on this lovely Thursday night Patriots beat, let's quickly touch on Thursday night football because we have the Cowboys at the Titans at the Titans. Um, your favorite thing, Alex, is sicko football, and I think this yeah. is truly some sicko football. The way the Titans are just throwing Josh Dobbs into the fire. Derrick Henry's not playing because this game doesn't matter for Tennessee. It's a big game as far as momentum goes, but no matter what happens to them or the Jaguars this week, Tennessee versus Jacksonville next weekend, week 18, is the AFC South championship game. Yep. So this it game is, doesn't matter. So they're resting, that, guys. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, that should be flexed to the Sunday night game for week 18. Yeah, unless, Unless, and I don't know all the permutations of this, but if it uh-huh. does work out, we get an NFC South championship. Because True. that game, yeah. for a seven-win team to get in the playoff, the entire country, that should be mandated. Yes, it should. Everyone has Y'all, to Everybody should have to watch that. If you claim to love football, like really yeah. love the game <laughs> itself, not just fantasy football, not just, no, like the actual sport itself. Right. NFC South Championship. You scratch and clawing for that next week. Anyway, yes. I, somebody tweeted this earlier. It was very interesting. You have an, what are they, 11 and 4, 11 and 5, 11 and 4, right? The Cowboys? Yeah. yeah you have an 11 and 4 team that needs this for their playoff chances. Yep. Against the 7 and 8 team. Yeah. 7 and 8 team that, win or lose, still has a shot at the playoffs, right. which is. Yeah, there's a ton of chaos in this game. I will say, you talk about Josh Dobbs, and I'm bummed it would have been cool to see Malik Willis in this spot. That probably would have been fun. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's a fun prospect. I haven't really watched him much this year, right? I haven't gotten to see a ton of him just because they're always playing up against the Patriots, but he's a guy I'll be interested to see down the road. But the running back, the guy stepping in for Derrick Henry, probably the most popular player in fantasy football right now, Hassan Haskins, Michigan. Yes. I was a big Hassan Haskins guy in the draft last year. I'm a big fan of his. I love the way he runs the football. When he got drafted by Tennessee, I was ecstatic because, look, he's not Derrick Henry. Nobody's Derrick Henry, but he takes that same mentality to run in the football. You've got to earn bringing that guy to the ground. He runs angry. He runs pissed off, all of it. So Hassan Haskins with a national spotlight to kind of prove, because he hasn't done much this year. Why would he he find Derrick Henry? Right. With a chance to put himself on the scene? Hell yeah. Hell right. yeah. So, I don't know I'm going to make a pick in this game because it's nonsense. I don't know if you have Hassan Haskins over under rushing yards. Okay. I don't really care what okay. it is. I'll take the over. I'm all in on Hassan Haskins tonight. Oh, as, I st- as I stall and look for that number, yeah. um, what I will do is... Oh, you the know what? I'll say is, this. I the Cowboys are going to win. The Cowboys are going to win. I well, mean, the spread is Cowboys. And, the spread is Cowboys minus fourteen. Geez. Cowboys have to cover fourteen points, and I think they probably they might do will. that. Yeah, yeah, but they'll do, probably. So do you that. don't want to take you don't want to take Tennessee plus fourteen, do you? No, I think Tennessee is just trying to get it and get out. Yeah, like okay. that's the like get in healthy, go out healthy, like as healthy as they. I mean, they're not healthy right now, but like. I, they're surviving advance for them because yeah, they can't even get to the three seed in the, in the AFC. I mean, they're either the fourth seed or they're out. Actually, I think there is one random, like really fluky way they can get the wild card, but that's, you're not playing for that at this point. 
So my offshore sports book does not even have odds for Hassan Haskins. Hang on. It. So Hang I don't know if we can get a – I don't know what we're allowed to say on YouTube, but if I can get another number somewhere somehow. Um, yeah, we got to be careful about this. Um, yes. Let's see here. Uh, Mike, that's any me, gamblers in the chat. Mike, that took me two seconds. Okay, well, what Four, do you got? 49 and a half. 49 and a half, take the over. Over, over, hammer that over. Love All that. Right. All right. Well, Bart's pick is Hassan Haskins over 49 and, a half, 49 and a half rushing yards. My pick is Cowboys minus 14. Love Josh Jobs. Love what he did at Tennessee a few years back, but. Although I just realized just don't I doomed Hassan Haskins given how much. Oh, yeah. How much. Yes. If you're fading me. Up. If you've been fading me all year on these picks, congratulations on your speedboat. I think at this point, like, it's impressive to be wrong this much. At this point, I think I should be proud of it. I mean, I keep constantly just picking underdogs, but. Yeah. No, hey, I like it. Congratulations on your speedboat. Um, (laughs) All right. (laughs) That'll do it for us. Uh, Again, Patriots have to, Patriots take on the Dolphins this weekend. Uh, 1 p.m. kickoff on New Year's Day. Me and Barth will be there, uh, and then we'll be back next week to break that thing all down and preview what could potentially be the Patriots continuing to control their own destiny in Buffalo. We'll see what happens. they got to get through Miami first. We'll be there for all of it. Follow us on Twitter for coverage during the game and after. Follow Alex at RealAlexBarth. Real Alex you can follow myself at Mike Cadlick. Read his stuff on 98.5 The Sports Hub. Read mine on clnsmedia.com. Keep it with us, and until next week, we will see you all. Have a good weekend.